performing. Was I wasn't listening. Okay, well, oh, Jesus. Don't also, get offended. You never listen and you well, admit that. Don't ask me a question and not a- listen to my answer. I also That's the a lot whole of- podcast, Lauren. That's me asking questions and you not listening. Okay. No, that's that's wrong. I said, you I asked listening. the question. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm bantered out from part one. <laughs> so how you doing? I'm exhausted. <laughs> Whose idea was it to record back-to-back episodes? Zane. Yours, Lauren. Yeah, it was mine. Uh, I regret it. I like that I got to watch the finale all in one sitting, but doing this all in one sitting is a lot of work. I told Kate weeks ago. No. She, no, I swear to God, I told her you actually were there for the season two finale when we said, hey, let's just do it all in one sitting. Okay, no, no, no. Let me say something. He told me because I get annoyed when he plans it for a weeknight and we start recording at eight at his apartment. That's 30 minutes away from mine. And that annoys me. I'm sleepy. I need to go to bed. So he was like, OK, next time we record, I'll make sure that like we do it on a weekend. Since you don't like recording it. I was like, okay, great. Yesterday, we're having a wonderful little Christmas date. We're having so much fun. And he was like, don't forget we're recording the podcast together. I'm like, don't worry. I didn't forget about it. And then he goes, it's the finale. So you have to watch both episodes and we're recording both episodes. I was gagged. I was like, what? Immediately in a bad mood. (laughs) (laughs) I had so many plans for today. And then he was like, I literally told you that. Why do you think we're recording on a weekend? I heard you literally told me last time I was on a podcast that we're going to record on a weekend because I'm sleepy. And then he gaslit me. And he's like, no, I told you. Me, 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 me. But here I am recording both episodes. So best girlfriend in the world goes to me. <laughs> do you remember when I brought you an Alka-Seltzer in the shower because you had tummy troubles? Yeah, I was having tummy troubles. Don't I act- went to this Italian restaurant last night and I ordered this pasta and they were like, I, first of all, I asked between two pastas. I was like, which one do you like more? And she was like, that one's good, but it's spicy. And I was like, ooh, I like spicy. Let me get it. Oh, hottest pasta I've ever eaten in my life. I was like sweating. We had like bread. And so I was like, I had to do like a rotation of like spaghetti, bread, water, spaghetti, bread, water. Because like I was like going to pass out in this restaurant. It's the hottest fucking pasta I've ever eaten in my life. Speaking of heat, I have a bone to pick with your best friend. Oh, my God. (laughs) What is her fucking problem with the buffalo chicken dip? It's way too hot. Like, she's making a buffalo chicken dip for 20 people at, you know, a a viewing party for football. And she's sitting there. She's like, yeah, I like things hotter than most. And, like, that's all good for you. But if you're making dip for a party, make it edible. (laughs) It's so fucking hot. I've never eaten her buffalo chicken dip. I don't eat buffalo chicken dip. She's made buffalo chicken dip in the past um, that we've eaten, like, at the games. And it hasn't been, like, that bad. And she was like, oh, I used extra hot hot sauce this time. And me and Devin were like, yeah, buffalo chicken dip. So we got, like, so much. And we both ate it. We were like, oh, my God. (laughs) And I, I was, like, drunk and just miserable because our quarterback fucking sucks. So I was punishing myself by eating it. My stomach was fucked up for a week. 
<laughs> really hot. I texted Kate at like two in the morning on a Monday and was like, that fucking dip ruined my life. I, I, like, like I think I went to the to the bathroom like 30 times that week at work. Like it was ridiculous how many times I was hitting the can. It was really spicy. And I, I'm, I was just so mad at Delaney. I was like, who makes it that fucking hot? Like it's insane. You shouldn't have eaten so much of it. I was I was not in a good way. He got like his own plate. And I couldn't finish mine because I could literally, like, I was having acid reflux, like, while eating it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, like, I need to stop. But I didn't want to, like, throw it away in front of her and, like, be rude. So I was like, Zane, do you want to eat this? Like, joking, because he doesn't do what well was spice. And he just silently takes it out of my hand and starts eating it. And me and Devin were like, oh, he's not doing well. I was in a bad way. Yeah, and then he got another plate of it. And we were just like... like I don't yeah. feel bad for you at all, then. Of course you're going to be in the toilet. Well, I was also, I was happy because, like, it was the first time I could ever, like, handle, like, spice. How do you handle spice? Dad and I can't do it. Like, um, like it doesn't agree with us eating it. It destroys us on the back end of things. I've, like, slowly built my tolerance a little bit, but it's still not very high. Like, a medium is about as high as I can go. Hmm. That you took a bite of that pasta though. Yeah, I did. That pasta was crazy. I, I was not doing well after the pasta. Mm-mm. And you had one bite. Imagine eating the whole thing. I'm surprised you did. It was so good. It was just so hot. You know what was really good was that salad. Oh, that salad was amazing. Speaking of food, I told uh Kate yesterday that when Lauren gets lost is over. That's probably it for me because you don't want to do anything and I don't want to just be another white guy with a podcast. And she said she would do a foodie podcast with me. So if people are interested and I can't convince anyone else to do another show with me, oh, maybe look for that. Wow. I, I will do that too on top of a show. I love you so much, sweetie. You're my favorite. Podcast idea canceled. Don't let us know because it's not happening. People are people really want the Walking Dead podcast. Just saying. Well, not this people. So. Not this people either. Go Lions! <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Lauren Gets Lost. I'm Zane. I'm Lauren. I'm Kate. And today we are covering season three, episode twenty-three, "Through the Looking Glass," part two. If you want to hear our thoughts from the first half, go back and listen to last week. Lauren still doesn't have a synopsis. <laughs> But I have quick bits for part two. This episode was directed by Jack Bender, of course. The name of the funeral parlor, which was called Hoff's Drawler, is an anagram for Flash Forward. You know my thoughts on anagrams. And lastly, the reveal of the final scene was kept a secret from the show's cast. The only two to know were Matthew Fox and Evangeline Lilly. And I am so fucking excited to talk about that scene because I watched two people... Watch that scene for the first time ever, and both of their reactions were pretty fucking funny. <laughs> um, I have a question. Yes. When they say kept it a secret, like they didn't know until it aired. Correct. So the cast thought it was all flash forwards or flashbacks. I don't know if the cast really gave it much thought because none of them were in it. Here's another question that I have. Do you think famous people like watch all of their TV shows. I know for a fact that a lot of the cast of Lost didn't. Naveen Andrews actually said that he only watched the pilot of Lost and didn't watch the rest of the series. Because I don't think I would watch my own show. Why not? I don't need to see that. That's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> I often wonder why people make sex tapes. Like, I don't need to see that. 
even myself. I feel like that's very different than like your job being an actor. <laughs> well, I don't relate to being an actor. Mm-hmm. Lauren, overall thoughts on part two? Good. This was more of an emotional roller coaster for me. Kind of kind of hurt me in some spots. Oh yeah? Mm-hmm. The last couple finales, we've talked about part one kind of like just setting up part two. I do feel like this particular finale, part one, actually does have a lot of substance to it, but still part two is like the more eventful half of it. And I'm really excited to see what you were thinking about a lot of this shit. So let's dive right into it. In the first flashback, we get a heavy metal Jack driving to a funeral parlor and dialing his phone. Again, no answer. So he gets out of the car and crosses the street without looking and almost gets hit by a car, but does not care. He walks into the funeral parlor and it's empty. A man walks out with flowers and asks if he can help Jack, who hesitates and asks if the funeral is over. The man says that there was no funeral, only a viewing, and no one came. He expresses his condolences and asks if Jack was a friend or family. Jack says neither. The man asks if he would like to open up the casket, and Jack says no. And then he tells Jack to take his time. As he leaves him, Jack approaches the casket, places his hand on it, and then reaches for his pills to find he only has one left, cussing as he takes it. I did not realize funeral parlors were a thing. I just thought they were funeral homes. Same thing. But like a funeral home was like an actual home. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's the same thing. Fucking that one show that we were watching, the Netflix show, they live at the funeral home. No. Yes. Who the fuck are you talking about? The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, Haunting of Hill House. They live there. They don't live in the funeral home. They live on the property. That's why the kids were able to come down and be like, hey, what happened to our dead aunt? Yeah, but like, that's not normal. That's because it's a weird show. A funeral home doesn't mean that you live there. But it's like a home. It's homey, not parlory. Mm. Let's ask the audience. Is Zane wrong? Yes. How many funeral parlors have you been to? Because I've been to one funeral home. I've been to quite a few. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, I'm the youngest of a lot of old people. <laughs> Zane Googled it. There's no difference. It's just two different ways to call it. There could be a parlor within your home. I, it, I think this is something. This is a it. weird thing. Say you were wrong. I never said I was right. I said I did not realize a parlor was a thing. How is that? How is that something I'm wrong about? We play the tapes. I said I did we not know a tape. funeral parlor was a thing. I'm, how am I going to be wrong about that? Because this was a yeah. Because this you is me thought fitting to a gap in my knowledge, Zane. No. Because you thought that they were different than a funeral home. It's the same thing. It's just two different names. And also, this is something that you like to do. I was just recently listening to an episode, and I will address it on flashback. But you like to ju- you fucking gaslight me on this podcast and because i'm only half paying attention like you get me to defend myself over something that's like not even i shouldn't even have to defend myself over like i'm just gonna say it in episode like 17 i think of season two you said are you listening to season two season three sorry doesn't matter season three we're talking about how you can't say quick bit and you were like, 
yeah, I think I have a speech impediment. And I said, I think you're just stupid. And then you go on to be like, are you saying that people with speech impediments are stupid? And that's like literally the opposite of what I'm saying. I was saying, I don't think you have a speech impediment. I think you're stupid. And then you fucking gaslight me and you make me defend myself against being fucking ableist and call people with speech impediments stupid. Men. Yeah. No, 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 no. I remember this argument. I said, I'm not stupid because I know what I'm trying to say. It's just not coming out right. And I was like, are you saying that everyone that has a speech impediment is stupid because they don't talk right? Yeah. It's like, no, I'm just saying you specifically. Yeah, but that was my whole point is my whole point was you do not have a speech impediment. You are stupid. And so then how am I stupid if I know what I'm trying to say and it's not coming out right? There he goes again. Exactly. So I'm not. No, doing I'm, this again. I, I will. Sure. I, I was just saying to you, whatever. But no, for this one, I did mean, to you, whatever. <laughs> Single. So everybody can can listen to I'm that and family. hear that I was gaslit. You were not gaslit. Yes, I was. You were like Katie fucking Thurston, just throwing that word out there for anything. No. Oh my god. But when I bring it up about how Katie Thurston threw that out there when she wasn't gaslit, he's always like, well, there's always two states of his story. I am on team Katie. I never I you. never said that Katie was not just throwing out gaslight. I just said Greg's a little bitch. That's all I said. And you hear what he's doing to me right now? Gaslighting. No, You're like, here's the thing. I, I'm never wrong. wrong. I'm never wrong. wrong. Andrew still doesn't know what gaslighting means. So anytime we get in an argument, like a silly argument, he'll be like, I think you're gaslighting me right now. And I'm like, no, I'm not. You're just you're just wrong. And he's like, no, this is gaslighting. Because he has no idea what it is. No matter how much I explain it to him. He gaslights me. No, Zane literally gaslights me because he knows I have short-term memory loss. So whenever we get in an argument, I'll be mad about something. And he'll be like, give me the exact date and time and GPS coordinates or it didn't happen. My favorite tactic in an argument is to just try to catch someone off guard by applying pressure. It's like when we were playing werewolves that one time, Lauren, and you were like, I'm the seer. And I immediately was like, what'd you see? <laughs> and you couldn't think of anything. That's just how the game works, Zane. It's not like you're a strategist. I'm just terrible at lying. Yeah, but anytime Kate is like, you do this all the time, I'll be like, name three times. Andrew does that to me too. And it makes me so mad because I'll be like, I'll be like, you're always blah, blah, blah. And he'll be like, like when? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm flustered right now. So I can't think of a time, but like, I know you do it. Well, it sounds like if it actually happened, you would be able to think of a time. It sounds like you're lucky to not be single. I believe it was you who said yesterday, quote, no one would date us. Yeah, but. But what? I vibe on my own. You would not. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Bull. <laughs> I was such a good single person. You, you were not such a good oh my, single person. I was such a good single person. You were a bad single you person. You went on a date with a 19-year-old. When I was 20. You were the one who said it was wrong. I know. It felt wrong. <laughs> but I was 20. You punched a hole in the wall. So <laughs> who's the worst single person? Allegedly. <laughs> Um. So, what were you thinking? <laughs> Where are we? At the funeral parlor. Oh, <laughs> I was thinking, who is dead? 
I was so confused. Do you have a theory? Well, we'll get to that later. Because at this point, I still <laughs> thought sorry, it was a flashback. When you, said, when you said who was dead, I thought we already know. So I almost <laughs> was just like, this person. <laughs> I was just like, this is the dead person. <laughs> Duh. I would have cried. I would have actually cried if you spoiled that for me. <laughs> Cover my mouth like I was actually going to say it. No, uh, I wasn't going to say it. For those who didn't pick up on that, I literally covered Kate's mouth. <laughs> Still working their way to the radio tower, Jack asks Danielle how much further, and she says about an hour. Jack asks when the last time she was there, and Danielle says it was the day she recorded the message. This very much to me felt like Jack just trying to make small talk because he doesn't talk to Danielle ever. And he's like, I can't just like only ask about like how far we are. So when was the last time you were there? I don't think he really cared. I think it was just reminding us about the message. She adds that she is taking them to the tower, but she will not leave the island. There is no place for her anymore. This is her home now. Before Jack can even react, they come to a clearing and find Ben and Alex standing in front of their path. Everyone reacts, Danielle staring at Alex. And Ben says hello, and they need to talk. Reaction to Danielle saying she would stay on the island. Well, this is because she hadn't found Alex yet. No, it was because she said there's no place for her there anymore, and the island is her home now. Okay, but do you think she's going to... 16 years. Yeah. I'd stay on it, too. But do you think that she would stay... Like, I don't think there's any situation where she leaves her daughter there. And I'm wondering if she would still decide to stay now that she has Alex. Because what don't do you think she'd maybe be like, actually, now that I have my daughter, I want to give her like a more safe life. So I'm going to go back with this rescue group. Well, that implies that Alex would also want to leave. Why wouldn't she? She was born on the island and she doesn't know what the rest of the world's like. Who fucking cares? And it and we don't know what Carl's situation is. It's possible Carl doesn't want to leave either, and Alex wouldn't want to leave Carl. Oh my gosh. She's a teenager. She doesn't get a say. Who's going to command her to leave? The woman that she just met? She could. It's her child. It, I mean, it, biologically. <laughs> yeah, biologically. You really think that Alex is just going to listen to Danielle if she demands for her to leave the island? Okay, but Zane... I'm saying legalities. Like, if Danielle wants to leave... On the island, Lauren, there's no laws. Okay, if the rescue crew shows up, there are now, like, authorities involved. That's what I'm saying. She has the authority to say, you are coming with me. That is her child who was kidnapped from her. Now that there's, like, if there's, like, an outside thing involved, that's what I'm saying. But this is uncharted territory. She's French. Alex is a, a, a citizen of no country. That what jurisdiction not... is there? The basic jurisdiction of that is her daughter who was kidnapped from her. I'm sure any government is going to recognize that Rousseau is in charge of her as a minor. Ben raised her more. Oh, Ben my fucking kidnapped her, you idiot. I'm just saying, I don't think Alex would want to leave. Boo-hoo! She doesn't get a choice. That's what I'm saying! Okay, but if Danielle doesn't want to leave without Alex, and if Alex doesn't want to leave, why would suddenly Danielle turn around and want to leave? If she wants to give her daughter a better life, not on a freaky-ass island. She's 16 years onto the freaky-ass island. Things have been working out fine. Not really! 
For one, she's living with her kidnapper, and her kidnapper overreacts by kidnapping and brainwashing her boyfriend. So no, I don't really think it's going that well. Thank you. And you act, well, she's from France, so we don't know the jurisdiction. It's fucking France. It's not like she's from North Sentinel Island. She's from France. <laughs> they have similar laws. I just don't, if a rescue party shows up, who are the authorities? Oh my God. Like Sandy. the Coast Guard? Yeah. The people on the boat are going to see the people on the island and they could go back to wherever they're from and be like, there's a child there who got kidnapped and her biological mother wants her to come back. Do you think the, the authorities are going to be like, eh, let's live with a kidnapper? No, <laughs> I don't that? think they're going to say that. Of Thank they you. Just shoot at them too. Sometimes they need to be knocked down a peg. Thank you, because I was about to quit the pod over this. So <laughs> I'm glad you could come in and rescue me from this argument. Mikhail puts on his eye patch and leaves the radio room. Regina asks what Ben said, and Bonnie asks that they can kill Charlie. Mikhail asks if they can turn the radio off, and Regina says that Ben gave him the code. Mikhail asks if they are the only ones who knows it. Yes. And he asks what would happen if the station was flooded. Regina says the equipment is water case and would run forever. Mikhail asks why they are there, and Bonnie says because Ben told them to and they are following orders. Mikhail asks if they ever questioned why, and Bonnie says she did not because she trusts Ben and she trusts Jacob, and the minute they start questioning orders, the whole thing falls apart. Mikhail says that she makes an excellent point and then reshoots Regina dead into the water. He gets Bonnie too, but it doesn't kill her. Then he stands over top her and says he is sorry, but he too is following orders. Then Desmond pops out and shoots Mikhail with the spear gun. And for some reason, he then decides to run over and almost execute Bonnie, but Charlie stops him saying that they need her. Reaction? Oh, I thought, man, maybe Mikhail will actually die this time. <laughs> LOL. Why do you think he just doesn't die? Built different. <laughs> He's built for Bonnie tough. by Taco Bell. Built for tough. Happy Toyotathon, everyone. Happy Honda days. Yeah, I don't have a Toyota anymore. I only celebrate Honda days now. <laughs> Back with the survivors, Kate immediately runs behind Ben and Alex, and Jack approaches them. Ben locks eyes with Naomi and starts to introduce himself, but Jack shuts it down and asks what he wants. I do want to know what Naomi was thinking in that moment, because here she is just seeing two strange people on this island, and <laughs> Jack's just immediately like, do not fucking talk to them. Yeah, but she kind of knew what was happening at the main camp where, like, they were going to get infiltrated and all that stuff. So I don't think she, it was a complete shock to her that there's, like, enemies on this island. Ben says he just wants to talk, and Jack asks why, and Ben counters that he just killed seven others, and the least he can do is talk. Kate confirms that there's only two sets of tracks, and Jack agrees to five minutes, and then he takes the walkie off of Ben. Should Jack have agreed to this conversation? I mean, I don't really know why he did. It's not like Ben has any leverage here, but obviously he reveals his leverage in a second. So yes, but... In the next flashback, Jack tries to refill his pills, but he's out of refills. Jack says that he only refilled it twice, but the woman says that that was his third time. Jack tries to use another prescription, and a man recognizes him calling him the hero, but Jack says he is not. The man tells the pharmacist to give Jack whatever he wants, asking if he knows what Jack did. 
again, we're supposed to think he's referring to the whole accident on the bridge thing, but I feel like it was more reference to just the fact that he was a survivor of Oceanic 815. And then Jack shows the prescription, but she says she he cannot write a script for himself. Jack says he did not write it. His father did. And she says that she will have to call Christian's office to confirm, but Jack slams his hand on the counter and tells her not to bother. As he leaves, he runs into a sunglasses display case. Thoughts on Jack at this point? He's just a hot mess. Honestly, I this whole flashback, well, what I thought was a flashback storyline, I was like, damn, how many like bad things has Jack gone through before he gets to this island? Because when he's on the island, he he's not that maladjusted. You know what I mean? And so I was like, damn, he had an oxy addiction? I was like, I was so confused. I was like, that's a lot. I feel like every show at some point is just like a character is going to have a pill problem. I just feel like it's a quick storyline for people just to throw in there because like the way that you get over it is like they stop taking the pills. Like I just remember Pretty Little Liars randomly threw in a storyline where Spencer had a problem with pills and then like got rid of it. To be fair though, a lot of people have problems with pills at some point in their True. life. True. So I feel like it's like this big of a cast. Yeah, someone was gonna. Yeah. I just realized that Charlie drowned and they say that drowning is like a euphoric experience. Is it? I don't think it would be euphoric for me. I think I'd be pretty upset. I think like the bot, the brain like releases chemicals or something like that while you're drowning in a state of panic to like relax you and it like creates like a high sensation. Is That's what I... crazy because what I heard is that your body instinctively forces yourself to start breathing again and then you just breathe in a shit ton of water. I think that's like how drowning works, isn't it? I mean, you don't breathe. Unless you had gills like Shark Boy. I've never understood how people can say, like, yeah, drowning. Dying by drowning is, like, a really peaceful experience. Who has lived to tell the tale? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Maybe God told them. God drowned? No. God told them that drowning is, like, euphoric or whatever. Yeah, what the hell does he know? (laughs) Not much. (laughs) Ben tells Jack to sit, and for once, he listens. <laughs> Hottie of the week, Jack Shepard. <laughs> ben says that not long ago he made a decision that took the lives of 40 people in a day. What do you think he meant by this? The gas mask thing. See, that I've always been curious about. Did Ben seem like the person calling the shots for the others at that point in time? I think I honestly feel like he's just like inflating his own ego in this situation like he made a choice to not die in that raid he didn't make the choice to do it but i just think that's what he's referring to and you know whatever ben says history is about to repeat itself and jack assumes that the others are surrounding them and if he does not do what ben says ben will give the order to have everyone killed and ben says it will be jack who is responsible for everyone's deaths ben says naomi is not who she says she is Jack asks who she is, and Ben says she's a representative of people trying to find the island. She is one of the bad guys. Jack says he forgot that the others were the good guys. Love a good callback. And Ben says if Jack phones the boat, every single living person will die on the island. What's the boat gonna do? <laughs> Go dug, dug. My problem is they don't ask enough questions. Like, they're like, 
you can't talk to the people on the boat. They're he gives us a super cryptic language of who they are. I'd be like, English? Who the fuck's <laughs> on the boat? And then when he's like, you answer that. You talk to the boat, everyone here's gonna die. How? In what way? Ask more questions. Be inquisitive. Yeah, maybe may, like if Jack doesn't believe him, start poking holes in the in the question in the story. Like just figure it out. And if Ben starts answering every question with legitimate answers, there you go. Put a girl up there, she would ask those questions. Because men never ask questions. Not Kate though. No. <laughs> <laughs> She's written by men. It's not her fault. <laughs> he tells Jack to bring him the phone, and he will turn around and leave, as will Jack. Jack says no, and they both stand up. Ben asks for the walkie, saying there is something he needs to hear, and for some reason, Jack decides to hand it over. Ben then calls Tom and tells Jack that the survivors of the trap that they set have the three shooters at gunpoint. Said says over the walkie not to give in, but they hit him. Jack asks what is to stop him from killing Ben, and then Ben tells Tom to kill the shooters if he does not hear his voice in the next minute. Ben tells Jack to bring him the phone, but Jack says he will get everyone off the island. Ben asks why he wants to leave, what he desperately wants to get back to. He has no one, his father is dead, and his wife has left him and moved on with another man. He asks if he wants to get back to the hospital, if he wants to get back to fixing things. Time is running out, and he asks for the phone again, and Jack screams, as he typically does, that he won't. When time runs out and we hear three gunshots... Ben says he is sorry, and then Jack kicks the shit out of him. Jack then picks up the walkie and asks if Tom is there, and he responds. Jack then tells him he's going to lead his people to the radio tower, make a call, get every single one of his people rescued, and then come find him and kill him. Okay, I have met multiple thoughts. One, at this point in time, I was like, I kind of believe Ben. Like, I, I know he's a manipulator and all this stuff, but I, as I was watching, I was like, why do I feel like he's telling the truth the other thing though like ben sometimes is like so good so smart you know whatever and then he'll just say something that's so out of touch why do you want to leave this island so bad jack i don't know maybe because you guys keep murdering us and kidnapping us and holding us in cages and like ben have some fucking self-awareness i was thinking the same thing because when he said that he was like your dad's dead and your wife left you Okay, let me give you a list of things I'm getting back to. Uh, my mattress, air conditioning, <laughs> espresso martinis, online shopping, heyday. It's 2004. Like, <laughs> so what? They still have espresso martinis, mattresses, and air conditioning. Jack could have been like, my mom's alive. <laughs> There's other fish in the sea. I can get another wife. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just like Stole the crazy. file from Juliet. I know where they live. Uh, Jack so fucking stupid in the scene just overplays his hand twice can i have the walkie back yeah here you go and then <laughs> what's to stop me from killing you <laughs> it's like either don't give the walkie or then just kill him my man's tired <laughs> Been walking for two days straight he just wants to go home <laughs> okay without the benefit of hindsight did jack do the right thing here by not giving in and basically sacrificing those three I think it's hard because it's like we've we've like referenced this many times on the show. Like, do you sacrifice the few to save the many? I think those men knew what they were signing up for and they knew the risks involved. And I think that if you what? You need to be Rambo. 
I genuinely don't think Bernard was in the camp of like, I'm willing to die for the cause. Yeah, I, I understand that. But I, I truly feel like even if you give up, you know, if you give in to Ben, those three would probably have been killed anyway. And you've just screwed over the 40 people. And also at the time of hearing the gunshots, I just told myself like, it's not, everything is not as it seems because in a show, like if, unless you see the dead bodies, they're not dead. And so I just t- told myself for, for my own sanity, I said, they're not dead. Yeah, that'd be wiping out like half your favorite cast. I know, that's, I was like, you can't do that to me. <laughs> You're like, take Charlie. Yeah, I was fine with Charlie dying. Back in the looking glass, Charlie asks Bonnie for the code and she tells him to go away. Charlie asks for it again and Desmond says that she's not going to give it. Charlie says that she will and Desmond asks why he thinks so. And Charlie says, because you said it's my destiny to turn the jammer off. Charlie tells Bonnie that they are both going to die down there and Mikhail just killed Regina because of Ben. He asks if she is an idiot and tells her that she can make Ben very angry. Why wouldn't you take that opportunity? She starts telling him the code but Charlie can't keep up as she is dying. Bonnie then tells him that the code is good vibrations by the Beach Boys. The numbers are notes. The machine was programmed by a musician. And then Bonnie dies. She starts just like rattling off those numbers. And I'm like, there's no fucking way you have that code memorized. Like if it's longer than a phone number, nah. That's like her Uh, one job. Yeah, I was gonna say that's all she For like the last two weeks. You couldn't memorize numbers in two weeks? A long, a strand of numbers that long. I don't think it was that long. It was probably about ten numbers. That was more than ten. I don't think so. Because it was That's way more than ten. Count. You count. I'll do the notes. Please hold. Are you actually gonna do? Yeah, sing it. Here we go. Like 17. I would not remember 17 numbers. Well, I'm sorry. You can't keep up. I could certainly remember 17 numbers. I also like the idea that he's writing it on the floor where Bonnie is. So if that if that would have worked, Desmond would have had to like yell the numbers to him from the other room. I was thinking um, how awkward it would be if she was like, it's this song. And he was like, I've never heard that song before. Fucking Americans. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, if someone told me it would be good vibrations, I'd be like, can you sing it? <laughs> like, I don't know how it goes. Jasmine was like, perfect, you're a musician. He's like, I was never into the Beach Boys. Yeah. Is it Beach Boys or Beachy Boys? I think it's Beachy Boys. Beach Boys, not it's Beachy. Beach Boys. You're thinking Beastie Boys. Is it Beach Boys? Yeah. Yeah. Not Beachy Boys. Confident it's just Beach. That's crazy. <laughs> I wrote Beach down Boys. Beach Boys. I am thinking of Beastie Boys. What did Beastie Boys do? Uh, they're like, no. Sleep to Brooklyn. Aren't, isn't that Beastie Boys? They're more like. And you rock. just said no. no idea. <laughs> what? Is that the name of the song? No sleep till Brooklyn. I don't know. Why are you and I like the worst when it comes to music? I'm not the worst. Really? I asked you for several help here, and you just give me nothing. I know a lot of songs. It doesn't mean I know who sings them or uh, what it's called, but. I know a lot of songs. I think I have this a very... This was the first year that I was basically non-existent and the Spotify wrapped. I listened to a lot of Spotify this year. Yeah, fucking Noah Khan. Who else? 
on my Spotify wrapped, yeah. my top five were Noah Kahn, Lizzie McAlpine, Paramore, Hosier, and Taylor Swift. I think I'm in there one time. Who's yours? I feel like Taylor Swift wasn't in Lauren's top five if it wasn't for me. Um, You probably contributed, but I do listen to Taylor Swift a lot. I think last year I would have put her there myself because I listened to Folklore so many times. This year she could have gotten pushed out because I listened to a lot of Tyler Childers. Not even Hosier? Hosier was in my was number four. Was he in your t- I wasn't listening. Okay, well, no. Jesus. Don't also, get offended. You never listen and you well, admit that. Don't ask me a question and not an- listen to my answer. I also listen That's to a lot of- That's the whole podcast, Lauren. That's me asking questions and you not listening. Okay. No, that's that's wrong. I said, you I asked listening. the question. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jack brings a beaten and bloodied Ben. Say that five times fast. Beaten and bloodied Ben. That was one. <laughs> beaten and bloodied Ben. Beaten and bloodied Ben. Beaten and bloodied Ben. Beaten and bloodied Ben. How many was that? <laughs> no. That I hard? think it goes bump, bump, bump. <laughs> brings a beaten and bloodied. It's brings beaten, bloodied Ben back. <laughs> You didn't, didn't clarify. My, my apologies. Brings him back and tells someone to tie him up. Alex crouches down to Ben and Danielle approaches her. Alex asks what she wants and Ben tells her that Danielle is her mother. Alex stands up and Danielle touches her face. And then she asks if she will help her tie Ben up. And like we get like the softest nod ever. Thoughts on the reunification? I think I built it up in my head so much that by the time it came, I was just like, okay, I'm glad that this happened. But like, kind of took me out of the moment. She's just like, will you help me tie him up? What a weird thing to be the first thing you say to your long lost daughter. Yeah, but that really goes to show you how Danielle just lost her social awareness. Yeah. This is something we can bond. Wow, you tie knots so well, honey. Kate asks what happened and Jack tries to dodge. She sees his knuckles and tries to clean them up. And she asks again, and Jack tells her what Ben did, how the shooters are dead, and how he let it happen. He says he can't tell Rose or son because he promised Saeed he would keep them moving. And Kate asks why he did not just kill Ben. And Jack says he wants him to see it. He wants Ben to experience the moment they get off the island, and he wants him to know that he failed, and then he will kill him. And I love how brutal they've gotten. For Kate just to be like, yeah, why isn't he fucking dead already? And then Jack's like, well, it's gonna happen. Do you think that's a good idea, though, to like, the last thing you do right before you're rescued and brought back to civilization to like, oh, let me commit murder real quick. Like, I just feel like there's a lot of times so far that I've been like, well, it's, you know, there are no rules, whatever. But like, you're so close to going back to normal life. I don't know if I'd be like murdering people. I would if it was Ben. You're the one who says that you think the others have like enough means to fake a plane crash off island. So like if I think Ben like might be a threat even after we leave, yeah, I'd kill him. Just kill him now. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, what you're doing here is you're giving Ben enough time to weasel his way out of it by not killing him. Has Jack ever watched a movie? Like every time you like give someone a speech and you don't kill them right away, they're not dying. You know, knowing Jack, I would not be surprised if he has not seen a movie. (laughs) Well, me and him can relate on that one. (laughs) Haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. Ryan tells Tom that 
It was an order that they had to follow, but Tom says that Ben has lost it. He says they should have actually killed the shooters. And I love the way the camera just like pans to reveal them all just sitting there. From the tree line, Sawyer and Juliet scout their situation and they bicker about their chances of survival when Sawyer hears an engine rumbling and Hurley comes in with the van. He runs over Ryan, killing him. Then Sawyer runs in and tells Hurley to stay in the bus. Sawyer gets Ryan's gun and Saeed knocks down Jason and snaps his neck with his legs. Tom is crawling to a gun, but Juliet gets to it first. And Sawyer stands over him as Tom surrenders. But then Sawyer shoots him in the chest, saying it was for taking Walt off the raft. Love a good callback. And Tom dies. Hurley says that he surrendered, but Sawyer says he did not believe him. Thoughts on the three kills and the people who killed them. Good job, Hurley. Cool. Awesome. Loved it. Um, The next step with the foot. Hottie of the week. And Sawyer killing Tom is why he's not hottie of the week. Because he had a lot of anguish looks this week that really could have done it for him. But I'm so mad at him for killing Tom. I was literally typing in my notes... I feel like Tom can be converted to good. And then Sawyer killed him right as I said that. <laughs> All right. Give me one second here to tally up the results. Season has had a lot of hotties. Don't tell her anything. I am not saying. I'm just saying that there was a lot of diversity within the hotties. Lauren, can you predict who the top three are? I think Jack will be up there most likely. Just because I don't want him to be. Uh, I'm going to put Sawyer up there. I feel like I have said kind of a lot of people. So it's hard. I feel like Saeed didn't get it very many times this season. But I'm trying to think of someone who would have gotten it more times. I'll just throw like Juliet in. Maybe. Okay. Tied for fourth place with one each, we have Penny, Sun, Jin, Paolo, and Jack. Jack only got it one time? Yeah. That is shocking. (laughs) Tied for third place with 9.1% of the season. Oh, okay. Jin and Desmond. Okay. Tied for second place with 13.6% each, Juliet, Kate, and Sawyer. Okay. Giving Saeed 22.7% of Hottie of the Week, and he is the Hottie of Season 3. That's crazy. I feel like he was barely even in Season 3. Well, that's because he got the last three episodes in a row. He was last week? I don't even remember that. Yeah, your reason was hot. He is. <laughs> well, I'm very happy with that. I can't believe you thought Jack was in there. You you like said so many negative things about Jack this season, and then he was just gone for five episodes. I don't know. I don't remember anything. In the next flashback, Jack breaks into the medication cabinet and steals some oxy. He tries to check the charts of the woman, but knocks it over, and Dr. Hamill catches him. Hamill tells him that he left him messages, but Jack says his phone is broken. Hamill then says that they should go to his office for a talk, and Jack says that he is new and does not know much about him, but Hamill cuts him off saying that he knows enough. 
Jack says if he has something to say, he should just say it. So Hamill tells Jack that the woman woke up and was responsive to their tests. She said that she got into the accident because she was distracted by a man who was about to jump off the bridge. And Hamill asked Jack how he got to her so quickly. Jack asks if he knows how long he worked there or if he knows anything about him or what he has been through. And Hamill asks how much he's had to drink. And Jack laughs, saying to get his father down there. And if he is drunker than him, they can fire Jack. Hamill stares at him with pity, but Jack tells him not to. And Hamill says he's just trying to help him, but Jack screams in the way that he normally does that he can't help him and leaves. Thoughts? Okay, so this is the scene that I referenced earlier when I said, I have words. This doctor is basically saying, like, hey, were you trying to kill yourself? But in an extremely accusatory, like, almost like, gotcha. What a what a way to approach that situation. I, I hated that. I thought that was, like, extremely shitty. Like, hmm, how'd you get there so fast? Yeah. I thought the same thing. I, let me see what I wrote down. I said, obviously he was trying to kill himself. Why are we doing a cross-examination? Exactly. Because I know, at least at my company, all of our managers have to take, like, a suicide response class. So, like, if you think any of your employees are, like, trying to kill themselves, like, they have, like, a course of action of, like, how you speak to someone that you think is, like, trying to kill themselves. That's not it. Yeah. Agreed. Well, it was the a period of time that I will not specify. Yeah, they weren't all that great with mental health back then. Well, I didn't like it. But the whole like, oh, call my dad down here. Like, what a great way to throw anybody off the scent. Because I I didn't question it at all. I was like, well, that's kind of weird that he's so brazen about it. When like him turning his dad in in the first place was like really hard for him. So I was kind of confused, but I definitely never questioned that this was a flashback. It really just shows you how fucked up and in a bad place Jack is for him to genuinely think Christian is both alive and working there. Yeah. But wouldn't you think, though, he's the what? The chief of surgery? Christian's job. I know. So I'm saying, like. He he's a doctor. He should know about mental health. Yeah, you make a good point. That's actually. his job. Yeah, and he knows like n- now with the hindsight of knowing when this actually took place, like this doctor knows what Jack has been through as far as like the plane crash and everything. And you're just like, "Oh, were you trying to kill yourself? Is that why you like basically saying, "Oh, you caused that woman's accident" instead of focusing on the fact that like he's in a mental health crisis. And I just hated that. That was terrible. I feel like he was shaming him. And I'm like, maybe you should applaud this man for like not killing himself to save two people. Yeah. You know, he needed something to fix. It is actually like super bizarre. Like, like he was like, like you said, it's, it was like accusatory and like saying that he caused the accident. It's like, maybe she should have kept her eyes on the road. Just saying. Mm, Yeah. You're one to talk. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. I missed an exit the other day and had to drive to fucking Delaware. We were driving back to my apartment. Should have been like 20 minute drive back. Ended up being like 35, 40. Because Zane, you missed the fact that he missed multiple exits. That And I didn't notice because 
I don't pay attention to anything ever. But I wasn't the one driving, so it wasn't my job to be paying attention. And I, like, look up, and I realize... No, no, like, no, 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 no. I pointed out that the GPS was weird. I said, I'm why is it having me turn around? Getting off. Yeah, it has us getting off at this exit that's, like, not near my apartment at all. And then it's showing us getting off and then turning around on the highway. So I was like, I don't know, maybe it's confused, like, maybe past this exit. So then I open his phone, and I'm, like, looking, and I'm like, oh, my God. He's missed, like, three exits. And so then I'm like, take this exit as we were passing it so like no. it was it was past the point where i could have gotten over in time mm, that's not even true it's very true that t- that one high that one merge where there's like three highways you crossed all of the the and block you right yelled lines. at me for and 20 I minutes so of course i didn't do it again no and this time there is open space there's nobody in the right lane right behind us wrong there's nobody in the right lane there's there's no lines that he's crossing he just chooses to go straight and then it says i what the next you're saying ex- is i never do it right the next exit 10 miles away it's not my fault they didn't put any exits in between 10 miles Polaris and delaware wow and then he's like why are you upset i never asked i knew why you're upset i was asking why you couldn't just get over it because I bit. wanted to go home and you're already... You're we were scared. on our way. It was just you're, taking a long time. The amount of anxiety I feel when you drive is insane. Then you fucking drive. I do. All the time. I just wanted one moment of rest. Look, only one of us has totaled a car. <laughs> I had my first love. Maybe that's our next podcast. Just like us fighting. I don't think people want to hear that. Yeah, I don't think people want to hear that. Actually, the other the other day we released an episode where like the first fifteen minutes of the podcast was just you and me fighting, and somebody was just like loving the first fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, like, but we've had two. No, they they were like, "Oh, I have I have siblings too, so I just relate to this so much." Oh, oh. I don't. Think we've had people complain. Couple. We've had people. Oh, that one fucking no. We don't care about them. I think that you guys fighting is more entertaining than me and him fighting because you guys are like, haha, bickering. Like when we fight, like I actually want to murder him. So there's nothing like <laughs> cutesy about it. Yeah, that's because I'm more well adjusted. Someone tell my mom that because he came over the other night and we were just like bickering. We were because... playing board games. So we both got competitive. Yeah. No, well, we were like bickering before that, but oh, just yeah. about, like stupid stuff. Like we weren't upset. And my mom was like, you guys fight a lot. And I was like, mm, that wasn't fighting queen. Uh, I said, what show you fighting? <laughs> yeah. But I was like, she was like, are you guys okay? I was like, yeah, we're fine. Why? <laughs> As the survivors continue on, joined with by a tied up Ben, Hurley calls over the radio saying that they got them and they should leave yeah. them alone. unless yeah. <laughs> Hurley's got a yeah. And they should leave them alone unless they want to be blown up. Jack calls him over the walkie and asks what's going on. Hurley says he went back to the beach to help Juliet and Sawyer. And Hurley tells him that everyone is okay. And Jack asks him to repeat what he said, that Jin, Saeed, and Bernard are okay. And Hurley says that he saved everyone and the survivors celebrate. Jack tells him to stay put. And Claire asks if Charlie is back yet. And Hurley says no, but he's sure that they're paddling back soon and that he is okay. Thoughts on Hurley being the hero of the story? I'm glad because everybody's been really mean to him and I'm sick of it. I don't feel like they gave him enough kudos for like saving three people. Go on. I just think they were like, woohoo! And then like the next time something happens, they're going to fat shame him again. 
you know? God damn it, Hurley. Maybe it'd be Penny's boat if you weren't so fucking fat. Yeah. Speaking of it not being Penny's boat, Desmond and Charlie cover Bonnie and Regina's bodies, and Charlie points out that there's diving gear. He tells Des to take care of it while he enters the code, and Charlie asks if he has any flashes, and Desmond says no. Charlie says that they will meet back there, and then he enters the radio room and finds the keypad. He hums and then types out the code, and the yellow light goes off. He says so much for fate as he tries to leave the computer turns on with an incoming transmission he answers it and penny appears on the screen she asks who she's speaking to and charlie identifies himself she asks where he is and he says he's on an island which gets a reaction out of penny charlie asks who she is and when he hears her name he calls over to desmond penny asks if he said desmond and charlie says yes and that he's okay and charlie asks if she's on the boat and tells her about naomi and Penny says she's not on a boat and asks who Naomi is. Where did your brain go when this happened? I just thought, oh, shit, like Ben was telling the truth. As Desmond is gathering the scuba gear, he notices that Mikhail is gone. He swam outside and shows a grenade to Charlie through the window. That was so camp of him. The shot of him, like with the goggles and just being like, he could have just like done it (laughs) like not you know if he could have spoken he would have said tee hee like that's exactly (laughs) what he was thinking i'm sorry that was so camp of him though tnt he yeah oh tnt yeah oh you're so clever charlie runs the door and closes it and mikhail pulls the pin and blows the window he also like locked it maybe that's what desmond saw when he was like Locking it, that kind of looks like you're pulling a switch. Maybe it was just the butterfly effect. Maybe. What cost? What changed it, though? The station was never flooded to begin with. A butterfly flapped its wings. That's what changed and it, it. And the station drained. <laughs> mm-hmm. As the water comes rusting in, Desmond tries to break the glass. Charlie takes a moment to realize what he's done and then desperately tries to write a message. He takes out a Sharpie and writes on his hand and then he goes to the window and places his hand on the glass his hand reads not penny's boat desmond reads it and then places his hand against charlie's charlie smiles and nods pushing off the door saying a prayer and drowns and on the island as if he knew aaron cries and naomi's phone alerts them that charlie got them rescued So I know you had no idea this was coming. So what was your reaction to Charlie dying? So obviously I knew this was coming. I just was like, I was right. It was something heroic. Okay, here's the thing. As this was happening, I realized like, I remember this. I've seen this before. And doubly confirmed because as you might remember, I have referenced before. I have said, I know Charlie dies. And I know that they get off the island because I remember this scene where Jack and Kate are like back home and they're saying like, we have to go back. And I think I said, oh, I thought it was like in front of a bus station or something. So when I see the the later scene, I was like, clearly I must have watched this exact episode. And like, that's it. Like at some point in our childhood, you were watching this and I watched it with you. And I just remember just those two scenes because I was like I so clearly remember this like hand on the window not Penny's boat written thing so I thought that was interesting because like 
now I'm like, well, I probably have literally no other spoilers because I just watched this one episode. Uh, yes, actually, I do remember every now and then when we would watch Lost, like me, dad, and mom, you would come into the room on your phone and say, is the dog dead? And then we would say no, and then you would leave the room. <laughs> but this episode was just like right after Survivor or like like we, we TVR'd both and we watched Survivor and then we just rolled into this and you just stayed in the room. Well, there you go. But I mean, Charlie's death was like sad and like that's kind of all it got from me. I was probably more sad about like how Claire might react later. No tears? No, not even close. Not even a choke up? No. Did Charlie do enough to redeem himself for you? Yeah, still not my favorite, but I don't think he died a shithead. What does his dying message mean for the survivors? <laughs> not Penny's bow, that's what it means. Yeah. Could he have been more clear? <laughs> then whose boat is it? I think it's these people that were trying to find the island. But I don't know if that necessarily means anything bad for the survivors. It could just mean something bad for the others. But why would Naomi lie? I don't know. That's the thing. is She had all this information about Penny. And, like, she name-dropped her. So I'm just kind of like, why is she being so secretive about it? I don't know. I don't remember what happens. Um, be so be very here's careful what you're going to say. No, I was going to say, so here's a theory as to why she lied. Maybe when she, you know, parachuted in, she didn't know if she was going to be with, like, plane crash survivors or if, like, they are bad news for the others. She didn't know which camp she was going to land in. So she's like, I'm going to just fucking lie because it could be a dangerous situation for her if she told the truth. Okay. Well, hopefully you don't remember and say something. But if that is I the case... Remember, so. If that is the case, why have all the preconceived information about Desmond and Penny to begin with? Yeah, because she has the picture and she's like talking about him. And I don't, she's I don't know. bad news for the others. Do the others even know about Desmond? I don't know, man. He's running around naked for a while. That's so. true. They probably were like, there's this Scottish guy, huge penis. <laughs> they could have met him. <laughs> Naomi tells Jack that the phone is not being jammed anymore. So Jack tells her to use it. She picks up Danielle's signal, and Danielle says it won't be for much longer. They have arrived. Get a nice helicopter shot of the radio tower. Kate, Jack, Naomi, Alex, and Danielle enter the radio tower's equipment room. Danielle says she recorded the message 16 years ago, three days before Alex was born. She says they don't need it anymore, and then turns it off. Jack tells Naomi to phone home, but she cannot get a signal. E.T. phone home. <laughs> it's been years since i've seen et really yeah i don't think i ever liked it really okay uncultured okay dick <laughs> everyone watches as naomi starts to get a signal kate says this is really happening they're really going to go home and jack tells her to celebrate when they get home ironic ben pleads with jack saying that this is a mistake he's also now tied to a tree he tells jack making that call is the beginning of the end. Naomi gets a signal, and Ben begs him, saying he does not know what he is doing. And Jack says he knows exactly what he is doing. As Naomi gets the signal and makes the call, Locke throws a knife into her back, dropping her. Reaction to Locke reemerging? I was like, gas. And then I was like, I want to be mad at him, but I feel like that was the right thing. Even though I, they end up just calling anyway. Jack yells at him and Locke pulls a gun, telling him to step back. Jack asks what he did and Locke tells him what he had to. 
The phone rings, and Locke tells him to stay away. Jack makes a run for it, and Locke fires a warning shot. But Jack did get the phone, and he asks Locke what he's doing. Locke says he does not want to shoot him, but Ben yells for him to do it. So Danielle hits him with an elbow, shutting him up. Locke cocks the gun, saying he will kill him if he has to, so Jack tells him to do it. Locke can't bring himself to kill Jack, but he tells him that he's not supposed to do this. The boat answers the call. The man on the other end asks how they got the channel. Jack says Naomi told him about the boat. The man asks if they found her and asks who he is. Jack says he's one of the survivors of Oceanic Flight 815 and asks if they can find them. And the man says to sit tight. They will be right there. The survivors begin to celebrate and Jack lets out his relief. Thoughts on Locke almost killing Jack. Never thought he was going to do it, but I was just like, this is another thing where I'm like, if Locke were to just communicate and maybe give a little bit more information as to why he can't do this. I don't know. It was just kind of frustrating. Why did Locke know all of this information? Jacob. Jacob told him? Yeah, probably. Walt was like, you have work to do. And then all of a sudden he he's like on this mission. I feel like he he got his assigned duty. So Walt told him or Jacob told him? Isn't it the same thing? In his messy, dirty apartment with maps of the Pacific Ocean laid everywhere. Jack makes a call, but this time they answer. He stops her from hanging up and asks if they can meet. And she agrees and they agree go to the airport he's joined by another car out of the shadows steps kate austin and i have to say of the two people i actually got to see them react in real time to this moment one of them was our mother who was so confused she said so jack knew her before they crashed okay i said the (laughs) same thing you were a little different you said you actually didn't react at all and i was just so shocked and so annoyed that you didn't react and you were like what and i was like that's kate and you were like that's kate oh i guess okay but she does look super different all the makeup with like without her like curly hair and with the makeup so at first i was just like hey it's a woman and then when you told me it was kate i was like oh my god they knew each other before not not in the slightest was i like this is a flash forward like that thought never crossed my mind so, Lauren, what was your reaction? Holy fuck, this is a flash forward. That was my reaction. Um, I was shocked. I was, like, super shocked. They say hi to each other, and Kate says that she saw him on the news pulling people out of burning wreckage. Jack says old habits die hard, and she says that he looks terrible, and he laughs. She asks why he called, and he pulls out the newspaper asking if she heard and if she would go to the funeral. So now we know for a fact that the newspaper was talking was basically an obituary. Kate asks why she would go to the funeral, and Jack tells her that he has been flying a lot. Every Friday, he flies over the Pacific Ocean, has a drink, and then flies back. She asks why, and Jack says he wants it to crash. He doesn't care about anyone else on board, and he says every bump they hit, he closes his eyes and prays that he can get back. Kate says that this is not going to change anything, but Jack says he is sick of lying and they made a mistake. Kate says she has to go because he will wonder where she is. And Jack grabs her and says they were not supposed to leave. But Kate says, yes, they were. 
She pulls away and says goodbye to him going to her car. And Jack looks at her and says they have to go back. She takes another sad look at him. And as she drives away, Jack screams, they have to go back. And that is how the episode ends. And that is how season three ends. My favorite season. Kate's least favorite season. And you're wrong. Reaction to what Jack had to say. That leaving was a mistake and they have to go back. Well, like I said, I've seen that before. But now you have Uh, all the context. (laughs) Right. I don't know. I just was like, why though? Why though? (laughs) That's what I want to know. Why? Well, clearly the mainland hasn't been all that good to him. What did he mean by I'm sick of lying? Well, they must have lied about something. What they lied about? Don't know what. Don't, Don't know. I haven't gotten that far in the series. What do you think he meant if you were to make a guess? Maybe they convinced him, like maybe the others and Ben convinced him to just like lie about the others and just say that they were alone. I have no idea. But I don't know why that would mean they would have to go back. When Kate says he is going to wonder where I am, who is he? I think they want us to think it's Sawyer, but I can't actually picture them lasting long term. So I think it's just like her husband or whatever, but they like want us to think it's Sawyer. How far away from the on island present day is this flashback, do you think? Well, or flash forward, I should say. It definitely wants us to assume that that means like they're going to get rescued right now, but there's three more seasons. I wouldn't be surprised if this isn't even actually like how they get off the island and they're just like fucking with us and something's going to go wrong and they're not even going to get off the island right now. They're going to get off the island later. And it's just like the whole thing with with how they tease Penny at the end of season two and then like nothing comes of it until the very end of season. You know what I mean? So uh, I don't know. I'm going to say it's like like a, a year plus later, but that's it's so hard to say. I have no idea. They got married in a year? doesn't mean it's her husband. It could be some man. I have no idea. I feel like Kate would get married in a year. Yeah. She's very impulsive. I'm more surprised she's not in jail. You know what I was thinking? I put this in my notes. I just forgot. Um, When Ben was like, why are you guys, like, why are you so excited to go back? I was like, I get why everybody else is excited to go back. I don't get why Kate is like so excited to go back because i was like did we forget why she was on the plane why is sawyer excited to go back his life sucked too yeah but i think he wasn't gonna go to jail if he went back well actually he was he did murder someone in australia yeah but we don't know that there's any proof of that the fact that the others know is the proof that he did it also i still think jail is comfier that still has a mattress and ac barracks but they didn't live there they could now the others abandoned them. Annoying. <laughs> Who else got off the island? Give me some names. Why wouldn't everybody get off the island except Locke? People could die. Well, then I don't know. How would I just randomly guess people that die? Who is next week about? I feel like they'll just open with a jack, because why not? Would you like a title? Sure. Beginning of the end. Hmm. Locke? I don't know. I can't tell you. Great. Who's in the casket? Okay, I have two guesses, and I'm not, like, saying them with confidence. It's someone who nobody would show up for. 
Jack said he's not friend or family. And Kate was like angry. Like, why would I go? I'm thinking Ben, although I don't know, like, I don't know, or Locke. And they're like mad because of like what happened. But that's like the only two people I can think. I have no idea. Final thoughts on season three, Lauren. It was good. My favorite part was probably Razzle Tassel. Well, we are moving into the back half of the show. We are going to start season four next week. And season four is a very short season as a result of the writer's strike. In fact, it is only 14 episodes with the last three being the three part finale. Three part? We're not doing that all together. No, we're not. Because actually, part one aired a week before the other two parts. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, Kate. It's always lovely to have you. It's my pleasure. And just think, we can start doing these on weekdays soon because we're going to be living together. Not that soon. About three months. By the time we're done with season three, four. Oh my God. It's a shame we don't live together now because this is your favorite season. So we're going to see you pop up a bunch of times in season four. Once upon a time, it was going to be every episode. <laughs> that that was your idea. That was never my idea. When you agreed to it, it was no, your idea. You agreed to it, and then you immediately took back. Well, I'm all out of questions. If you want to get some questions into Flashback, send them to our social medias. Lauren, where can they find them? You can find our TikTok at LaurenGetsLostPod, Instagram at LaurenGetsLostPod. Find us on Facebook, YouTube, and just here's Zane's personal cell number. 513. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode, this season, this podcast, give us five stars wherever you're listening. Give us some money. You can just show up at my house and write me a check. Yeah, here's Lauren's phone number. (laughs) Here's Lauren's home address. (laughs) Anyway, you know, spread the word. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell the next guy working at a funeral parlor, but not a funeral home, because those are different. Didn't you say they were the same thing? Yeah, I'm making fun of you. A joke. I'm confused. And join us next week as we dive in to season four, the beginning of the end. Not really, because it's three more seasons. What's the back half of this show? The beginning of the end. Whatever. Thank you for listening to Lauren Gets Lost. This podcast is hosted by and edited by Zane Kohler with co-host Lauren Kohler, produced and guest starring Kate Worcester, and our music is done by David Kohler. And remember, they were not dead the whole time because they obviously got off the fucking island.